0: Welcome to the As of Yet Unnamed Podcast. I am Parth. Here with me is Connor. Hey there. We're the members of Acid. And today we're going to talk about our first three releases. All right. So,
1: Acid uh, was a middle school project of ours. Mm-hmm. Started in summer of 2009. And I believe it was Parse Idea originally. I'll let him talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah uh starting the band was my idea um i just kind of felt like it would be a fun a fun hobby and i asked connor if we wanted to be in it and i also asked my cousin Unmil if he wanted to be a part of it and that's how it got started back in 2009
1: yeah Uh, at the time i was taking bass guitar lessons so i already had a bass guitar and parth owned a baby strat and that was the first the first two uh, instruments that made up the acid sound
0: <laughs> yeah um i had this guitar for a while but i never really played it i i was not experienced at all at this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah neither of us really knew what we were
1: doing as far as playing songwriting or production and um later on we'll splice some clips of our early songs in here and you'll see what we mean by that <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh the name acid uh that was also parse idea we we came up with a couple alternatives but acid was
0: the one that rose to the top yep uh so i think me connor and unmill had some names we had brainstormed um one i remember i that i liked was frontier for some reason, I really like that name. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a 70s classic rock band yeah. to me now, but.
1: Like Boston <laughs> <Yeah>. or something.
0: <laughs> and then I think uh, one name you like was The Night People. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's funny that that's now a song by Def Heaven, which, ironically enough, is a band that's pretty influential on our later stuff. Yeah. But we won't be getting to any of that in this episode no and then lastly uh another one that i you had said was rhythm mountain yeah. i don't remember that <laughs> one unfortunately
0: <laughs> yeah Unmil, my cousin uh had come up with a rhythm mountain as a suggestion i think he got it from soundgarden like it was a similar you know type of name <laughs> has a similar <laughs> like comes off the tongue similarly right um but I, i'm glad we went with acid honestly even today i
1: yeah, I don't yeah. remember any other ones outside of those, but out of out of what we brought to the table, I think Acid was probably the best. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, probably around summer of 09, when we were starting to brainstorm all these ideas and kind of got got the seeds planted, uh, that was when we recorded our first song, funnily enough. Uh, it was called The Room. And before we settled on where we were going to really record at, we used an MP3 player to record in my parents house in the bonus room uh we picked that spot because the bass was already at my place parth could bring his guitar really easily Mm -hmm. and my little brother had a toy drum set and that's (laughs) the only song in our early uh discography to feature drums really at least live drums in any way (laughs) yep
0: and then uh after that song we ended up moving to my basement to record and that's still where we record to this day yeah if you look at our
1: releases now you'll see parse basement studios that's what we put on it yeah it's not it's not i mean it's parse basement but it's his parents house but i mean it's our studio it's
0: basically our studio (laughs) uh
1: and one last point to make before we really get into the nitty-gritty of these albums is that they are not good like they are they are poorly recorded the songwriting is bad for the most part and we were still joking around a lot of the points a lot of the recordings you can hear us just talking to each other like before we started playing and after and in some cases during yeah um we won't be featuring any of that though and most of what we have for these albums at this point is just nostalgia because it was fun at the time and we kind of look back on it as you know the, the golden years of recording when we could record three songs a night somehow right yeah,
0: they are very nostalgic i i think they have a certain charm to them now but they they're not good i wouldn't expect anyone to like them
1: yeah they're they're not available online anywhere um and i would never make anybody pay for them if they're ever available it will most definitely be for free yeah <laughs>
0: So we can start with our first album, Instrumental Demos. Uh, This one was recorded in fall 2009. And you can really tell that on this album, we had no experience with playing instruments or recording music or anything like that. Uh, Connor had had bass lessons before, so he had a little bit of practice there.
1: Yeah, I I could play to a certain extent and I could read music and tabs, but I had never been in anything that required me to like, come up with the parts on my own. I just always played covers of songs that I liked on the bass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And uh, I, had, I had zero experience with any instrument at this point.
1: Yeah, it was it, it sounds rough. You'll, you'll, you'll hear that uh, when we get into... We're going to do a track-by-track on these, so we'll put in some clips when we get to that. Uh, but yeah, just the production's rough. We were recording on the MP3 player still, sat right. next to a speaker, so... There's lots of uh, background noise and everything just sounds kind of overblown. <laughs> we didn't know how to mix or master. We, we, we were nowhere close to that. Um, I know at this point, uh, Parth was designed in the covers.
0: Yeah, I was. Um, they're, not, they're not that well designed. But <laughs> <laughs> I did, um, for instrumental demos, I actually used a stock Windows background of like a like a desert and just change the tint on it. I think a little bit like orange tinted it. <laughs> yeah, and added some like really basic looking font. And yep, <laughs> and that was the cover.
1: <laughs> and um, yeah, you could probably find that picture on any computer that ran Windows XP. So yeah, you've you've probably seen the cover and just didn't know it. Um, one other fun fact: the name "Instrumental Demos." Uh. I think I came up with that. Yeah. And um, at the time, I was listening to a lot of old Red Hot Chili Peppers albums, like their first couple of releases. And the re-released albums all had demo takes on them. And for some reason, I enjoyed the demo takes better than the studio takes on those albums. So I was like, we should name our album Instrumental Demos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I thought that was a good idea. But I mean, they are instrumental demos. That is for certain they I, are I don't think we'll ever be re-recording any of these
0: <laughs> I don't think so I, I think I'm good <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, we'll, I'll, we'll pass on that now uh, what we're going to do is we're going to get into the track by track we'll just uh, give like a brief breakdown of each song and for some of them we're going to have some clips play just to give some examples of where we were at musically at the time first up we have a song called Critical Point Point," mm-hmm. and part of the title is third recording because it was the third song we recorded
0: Yeah, uh, critical point is is not a, a good song. <laughs> it's very basic, you know, drum and guitar, uh, bass, ba- bass and yeah, guitar. we didn't have
1: drums at this point.
0: <laughs> bass and guitar track, uh, very short. We, I mean, it's just pretty clear. We didn't really know how to like write a song at this point. Yeah, we were basically
1: just throwing chords together, and it's, just, it's like a hardcore like punk song almost, just with no edge. <laughs> right. <laughs> Clocking in at a minute and twenty-four seconds. Right. And again, you can hear at the beginning and the end, you can hear us talking. There's like I do a countdown and I sound so young.
0: Yeah, there's nothing like offensively bad about this song. Like it's not the worst one here, but yeah, it's not it's not the greatest start, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, it's it's not the strongest
1: song to start the album on. And um yeah it's 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 listenable given the the circumstance oh and after critical point uh we have a song called e-i-d-e and um e-i-d-e is probably the best example on the album of us just hitting record and playing (laughs) and whatever happened that was the song and boy does it show
0: I feel like we kind of just drove off of a cliff after Critical Point, because this is—it makes Critical Point sound like a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: are—I don't think we're on time for a single measure of the entire song. If you could even divide it into measures, it's just random guitar and bass notes, and um, an extended like minute and a half distorted bass solo at the beginning, which was my idea because I was heavily into um metallica's first album *Kill 'Em all and i really liked anesthesia
0: <laughs> right the, the bass solo starts things off okay but everything after that just the uh, guitar tones are terrible we're not on time at all the riffs are, are horrible i just <laughs> this one's hard to listen to
1: <laughs> yeah it's um it's probably the worst
0: one on the album yeah i would agree
1: like objectively <laughs> it's probably the worst <laughs> song on the album it's barely music barely next up following the masterpiece that is eide we have inversion parentheses demo two because it was the second song we recorded and this is where we kind of started to figure out what we were doing a little bit there right. was like some forethought put into what we were going to do like in terms of what we do when and how the song kind of flows not a lot but there are riffs that we like come back to and we're on time Mm -hmm. and it's got a pretty decent like pop punky influence to it which is all but absent in our newest music
0: yeah this one is i mean if it was produced better and at a better guitar tone and and drums it would probably it would probably be okay it'd be listenable yeah Uh, i remember when we first recorded this i thought this was like amazing like we'd outdone ourselves for some reason yeah we we loved this
1: song so much so that it's going to come back in another three songs because we liked it so much we did it again
0: Again, in this one you can hear um us talking at the end and again I sound very young it's kind of weird to hear myself back then
1: (laughs) yeah at the very end um you can hear Parth pick up the mp3 player we were recording with and he says the time how long the song was like it was some big accomplishment (laughs) to have this song be 2 minutes and 57 seconds
0: (laughs) right um yeah, I mean, not one of the worst songs on the, the album, but...
1: Probably one of the better ones, honestly. Yeah. Looking at just this album.
0: <laughs> so the next track is called The Room. First recording, because it was the first song we recorded for this album. Wow. <laughs> and this was the one we recorded at Connor's parents' house uh, back in the summer of 09. And it's the shortest song on the album. It's like 37 seconds very basic but it does have a drum track
1: yeah so it's unique in that aspect it is the only song out of these early albums to have drums right that wasn't recorded with parth's cousin he had a a drum pad available but all the tracks me and parth did up to a point didn't have drums except for the room
0: Mm -hmm. and uh yeah this one you know it's the first acid song ever so Definitely has a lot of nostalgia and I guess a bit of a special place.
1: Yeah, I still like it, even as basic as it is. And uh, one point to make now is that uh, even nowadays our lineup is you on guitar and bass and me on drums and whatever else I need to do. (laughs) Right. But back in the day, Parth was playing the bass, even though I had the bass lessons and I was playing guitar, I guess because we thought that those lessons gave me like a leg up on the guitar and it was more the main part of the music.
0: Right. I don't
1: really know the reason for that switch.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't really either.
1: That's the name. <laughs> that's the reason why uh, inversion is actually called inversion is because we swapped instruments and it just kind of stuck.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess we figured you just might be better at guitar. Like you said, because of those bass lessons. Yeah. You had like slightly more experience than me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, It doesn't really show in these guitar solos I did, though.
0: Yeah, not really.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then next up, after the room, we have our uh, cover of Paranoid by Black Sabbath, which is a masterpiece.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the no no it's not it, it it's uh it's pretty pretty bad actually yeah it's awful um for some reason we don't even have the guitar intro in our cover like that lead part at the beginning we just go straight into the verse <laughs> and yeah when we speed the song up and the vocals aren't good. particularly
1: good <laughs> That was the, uh, that this was the first song to have any vocal performance courtesy of me, right. I was doing my best, um Chris Barnes Cannibal Corpse impersonation. <laughs> and it's not good and
0: uh, on on this one, i I believe I was on guitar.
1: Um, I played bass because I had to sing at the same time. We didn't know how to record separately yet.
0: that's it. yeah. yeah. And I improvised a solo on this one instead of like, playing the solo that was in the song and wow it's terrible isn't like strong enough to describe this solo that's to be experienced to be believed i had no idea how to play a solo and the, the cherry
1: on top is that the song is five minutes and five seconds long because as soon as we hit record, Parth had to go like his mother called him and he yeah. had to go listen to what his mother had to say. And instead of stopping to record the recording and just starting over again, I just filled the dead air by talking into the mic about random BS. And, uh, so the song doesn't start for like
0: two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <it, laughs> It's kind of funny looking back on it. Yeah. Like, all that like improv while I was gone. Because um, nowadays we would just stop recording. Yeah.
1: And do whatever yeah. we needed to do and then start recording again.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> not, not back in the day though. But yeah, this is, this is definitely in the bottom half of the album, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's above EIDE because I think it's funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> e-i-d-e
1: is just sad
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay so after uh we uh disgraced black sabbath's name um we liked inversion demo 2 so much that we made inversion re-recording
0: <laughs> yeah uh and this is a faster and longer version of inversion Yes. And it it's worse, actually. Yeah, it manages to be much worse. <laughs> <laughs> we have an extended solo here that just goes on and on. Yeah, I mean, it's not like
1: we knew what, like, keys were or anything. The bass is just hitting notes, and the guitar is just hitting notes, and none of it matches up particularly well. But the riff from the first time we did it's still there to, like, bookend it, so it's yep. basically the same song
0: yeah (laughs) i don't really have too much to say about this one except it's it's a worse version of the first inversion yeah there's no reason to listen to this one (laughs) so the next song we have is zfts zombies from the sky and uh this is actually one of the better ones on the album yeah
1: it is surprisingly okay compared to the rest of the album
0: right we you can actually see a little bit of like songwriting here it sounds like we put a little bit of effort into it
1: yeah there's there's an extended lead part where uh we actually made an effort to have the guitar and the bass follow the same notes instead of just playing whatever they want which is a step in the right direction most certainly
0: right and we're like on time for pretty much the whole song yeah there's one riff in particular where we speed up
1: like alt picked and we were
0: on time for the most part surprisingly it's it sounds decent
1: <laughs> yeah i mean there's still some mispicking and you know misnotes notes and stuff but that's just all over these albums you gotta accept Eesh. it if you're gonna listen to them <laughs>
0: yeah and uh i actually remember that the in the bridge of this song what we play uh was inspired by this uh game called tap tap revenge it was this game on the app store back in 2009 2010 that was pretty popular and the theme song for that game had a section very similar to this bridge in in this song here yeah Um, (laughs) i mean it was clearly inspired by that so that's kind of funny
1: (laughs) (laughs) i will say that this is the first time where we like properly have a bridge and like it just doesn't kind of happen like we actually build up to it and lead into it which is crazy when you think about this song compared to some of the other ones on the album right EIDE has practically no structure whatsoever
0: <laughs> right this song's surprisingly structured
1: So after the, um, actually not bad, Zombies from the Sky, uh, we have the finale, the five minute and 37 second long Voltage. And, um, we basically just play this one riff for five minutes. Yep. And that's it. And it's got this long intro that I, I basically ripped off from (laughs) an All That Remains song called Erase from their first album, because... I was too cool for metalcore, and I thought that was melodic death metal instead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow, this this is like, just kind of beats you over the head with the same riff. We just play it over and over, like, ad nauseum, and it really doesn't change that much. Yeah, <laughs> there's no
1: guitar solo, but there is bass solo. Yeah. It's noticeable.
0: It's, the bass is pretty loud in the mix, and don't worry it's not a good bass solo (laughs) but but, uh yeah it's not it's not one of the better songs on the album yeah
1: you could do a lot worse it's kind of middle tier it's listenable but nothing happens no you listen to the first minute and you've heard the whole five minutes
0: (laughs) right (laughs) we just padded out the runtime
1: yeah Um, we wanted a long first album
0: yep
1: speaking of length uh instrumental demos came out to be right around 28 minutes so we were proud of that back in the day
0: yeah still our shortest album i think (laughs) yeah
1: still yeah
0: we've never gone shorter than that (laughs) right it really is basically an ep kind of (laughs) kind of yeah but
1: It's closer to an EP than an album, but it's just, (laughs) there's a reason that we don't have it anywhere to listen to for others to hear.
0: Right. Just don't listen to this. You don't need to.
1: Okay, so moving on from instrumental demos, our next album was called As of Yet Unknown. And um, we started the recording for this pretty much immediately after we finished up instrumental demos. It lasted from about fall 2009 to summer of 2010 and this album is a noticeable step up from instrumental demos despite having no time in between them really
0: yeah i don't really know what caused this like sudden step up maybe we just you know playing on the first album we improved from that and just trying to learn songs you know from tabs and stuff but uh yeah, this this album is weird. It's definitely way more experimental than the first one.
1: It's way more experimental than anything else we did until Patchwork Landscape pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, it it stands out in the in the regard that these songs are nothing like anything else we did at the time. No, or even either. really since.
0: <laughs> right.
1: We I, I had this obsession with guitar effects pedals, so this is kind of the the pedal album. We, we had a new distortion pedal in the Digitech death metal pedal. What a winner that one is. Um, we had a Digitech phase that we made extensive use on of, of on this album. There was a wah pedal that I believe we still have, even though we don't use. And uh, we also had a whammy pedal, because those are oh so useful. Uh, not really, but we tried to use it uh like par said this is just very experimental we were trying to think outside of the box and we succeeded sometimes
0: right and i think maybe having all these different types of pedals just made us want to experiment with them and maybe that's part of why it sounds this way and honestly i i think this is a solid step up from the first album and out of the first this first early batch of three albums i would say this is the best (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's probably the best out of the, these first three, by by a pretty large margin. And we'll talk about why that is once we get to the third album. Uh, <laughs> uh, one, one thing to note about this is that uh, this, this has an absolutely legendary cover, made by Parth himself. In paint. Yeah,
0: yeah uh, I made the cover for this one as well. I mean, <laughs> this is... The first one was better, guys. Uh, yeah, the stock Windows picture was a better cover than... The drawing, yeah, quotation marks that Parth came up with in paint. (laughs) I literally drew some shapes in paint, added real some really basic font, and put some like use some of the paintbrush, added some random color.
1: I remember you you used the spray paint spray paint can on the edges, (laughs) yeah. It just, um, and it just says as of yet unknown on the front that in like font, basic like. Times New Roman pe- practically font.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks like some kind of parody cover. It, I, yeah. It's hard to take it seriously, but... Yeah. Um, and the name, As of Yet Unknown, I mean,
1: it's basically just us being too lazy to think of a name because I remember Parth asking me what we wanted to name it, and I just said, well, it's As of Yet Unknown, and we decided to name it that.
0: <laughs> yep, we just went with that.
1: <laughs> All right. And then getting into the track list here, uh, we're going to kick the the album off with uh, an intro track called the sirens and it is um a, a minute roughly of just guitar feedback and noise that we modulated with the phase pedal <laughs> right and it's definitely out there i wouldn't have expected this album to start the way it does given how instrumental demos sounded
0: Honestly, I respect this song because I feel like this is almost something we might do today, but just with better production.
1: Yeah, it, it wouldn't <laughs> sound like this, but it's very similar to a lot of what we've done on, on some of our newer albums.
0: Right. Um, I'm just, I'm kind of shocked we decided to experiment like this back then. Right after instrumental demos?
1: Yeah, it we went from having no idea what we were doing to experimenting heavily. And then that experimentation all but went away until some of our newer stuff.
0: <laughs> right. Honestly, it's a it's a cool intro track. I'm, it is. It's I, I kind of like this one.
1: It's a good way to start the album off. It's like you said, it's respectable. Now, this, uh, this album, uh, out of these three albums, this is probably the listenable album. Like, you could play this, and as long as you can get over the fact that it's two 15 year olds recording <laughs> in a basement that it, it's not bad <laughs> yeah yeah i agree and moving on to that we have one of our first what uh, we consider to be our classic songs <laughs> called a song <laughs> and this clocks in at four minutes and 26 seconds and um we're, we're proud of this one i would say
0: yeah i was definitely very proud of this one <laughs> um and honestly I, I still think songwriting wise it's like it's solid. Um, again, there's this really weird bridge in the middle, which is sort of experimental for us. just some weird chords and um, there's a pretty cool solo at the end. Uh, you can definitely hear the Rage Against the Machine influence, I think on this song.
1: Yeah, well, you-
0: I, I was listening to them a lot back then.
1: Rage Against the Machine was one of the few bands that me and you both listened to heavily at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so so that influence comes out a lot on on some of this early stuff. Um, but yeah, a song the songwriting's there. It's what it needs to be, right. and I like the riffs are cool. I, I'm <laughs> I, I'm 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 proud of us coming up with that. And, and like you said, the solo I think is pretty well done, especially compared to the last album.
0: Right. <laughs> compared to the solos on the first album. This is a big step up. Thank you.
1: a song we have um one of the stranger and uh more experimental cuts on here called the world is not enough and this is just a quick two minute almost interlude um that i recorded on my own one day i believe it was the morning after we had recorded a bunch and parth was on the computer trying to get the mp3s off of the mp3 player and while he was doing that um arduous process I um, took the liberty to record The World Is Not Enough, which is essentially just a quick two-guitar multi-track of me playing the same riff two times. And it's kind of got like this kind of melancholy feel that a lot of our music later has. But it's just really simple, and there's not much to it. But I like it, because I made it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting. It was very uh you know spur of the moment uh connor decided to record it and yeah it's not bad you know it's like he said it's very simple uh it's basically one riff but yeah i mean there's there's worse stuff on this album (laughs) that is for certain so next up we have pit of darkness and uh this is not one of the highlights yeah it starts off with this uh harmonic riff which we're i'm just repeatedly playing this same uh like natural harmonic note and it's extremely annoying
1: yeah it's screechy and distorted
0: and loud and just doesn't sound pleasant no (laughs) i don't really know what i was thinking there (laughs) and uh the riffs on this one are okay they're simple they're a little
1: heavier i mean there's a little more metal influence in them than like the punky stuff that was on instrumental demos there's one one of the riffs I would almost call a death metal riff if it was faster, but yeah, there's there's nothing special about them though, and the solo is <laughs> a work of art.
0: <laughs> oh man, the solo. Um, I was on the solo and I used the wah pedal. I I overuse the wah pedal. <laughs> I mean, it's all over the solo. I I didn't know how. to... Use it in moderation, I guess. Parth pulled his best Kirk Hammett. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a particularly well-written so
1: yeah, it kind of goes back to the uh, the bass plays the riff and the guitar does whatever it wants with no real thought. Right. <laughs> that that was kind of the early staple of our solos. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, honestly this say this is one of my least favorites from the album.
1: Yeah, it's probably probably the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like there's maybe one other contender, but this is down there.
0: Yeah, yeah. This might be the my the worst one for me. <laughs> and then moving on from Pit
1: of Darkness, we have Ghostly Freedom, which you might not be able to tell from the name, but it's actually a cover of the song Freedom by Rage Against the Machine, and we just called it Ghostly Freedom because there was this weird audio artifact at the very end that sounded like a ghost. Yep, that was it. That was the <laughs> why it's called that, and it's a cover of Freedom, and that's it. Yeah. Just go listen to Rage Against the Machines version. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it's not a great cover. I mean... The energy's there. The the playing's not. Right. <laughs> you were on guitar on this one. The solo actually wasn't too bad.
1: I think I took the time to actually learn that solo from the song. I, I don't think I played it perfectly. But I, yeah. I did actually, like, learn the tab for it.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's just not you know, well-produced. Like, I don't know why he would listen to this <laughs> rather than the original version.
1: Yeah. It's it's one of the skippable songs on here. Not because it's bad, not just, but because it's just not worth listening to. Like,
0: yeah. And again, we don't really have any drums on these early tracks either. Yeah.
1: So. The drums play a pretty big part in that song on the Rage Against the Machine version. And <laughs> we don't have any of that. No. <laughs> so it just comes off kind of flat.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> so the next song is called Infinity Dimension, and this is, in my opinion, one of the better ones here. This one's weird. Like I feel like our experimentation was like on full display. Yeah. On this song.
1: This is peak weird acid <laughs> for this part part of our history. uh It's like you said, it's one of the better songs on here. There's only one other one really that I would put in the same class, maybe a little above it, but. It's, it's good, It's it's got this kind of bass riff that repeats while the guitar has like this kind of clashing, dissonant almost part over it that actually works. Yeah. I don't think we knew what we were doing, but it worked.
0: <laughs> it did.
1: And we make effective use of the wah pedal when the bass riff comes back around. Instead of just playing the same thing again, we change the guitar part up. And right. There's some actual more deep thought put into this one than oh let's play this riff and then play this riff and then play this riff
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's i'm almost impressed like how much progress we'd already made from instrumental demos to when we recorded this song and yeah the whole song has this like kind of melancholy kind of dark feel to it which for this time was kind of weird for us like, i wouldn't have expected us to write this at yeah. this point
1: Most of our stuff around this time is either kind of punky, maybe even pop punky to an extent, or just kind of hard rock. Nothing really downtrodden. More like upbeat kind of stuff. And then Infinity Dimension comes out of nowhere and just sounds like no other tone we've had.
0: know how we really came up with this it's not like we were trying to go for this type of sound but
1: yeah it worked out it would be interesting to try it again
0: <laughs> yeah See what
1: an updated version of infinity dimension sounds like all right so following up infinity dimension we have another one of uh what at the time we thought was our classics <laughs> uh heat wave and uh this one's kind of interesting we started playing around with some reverb and echo in places which has kind of become a staple of what we do now. But it's interesting to hear kind of these early bridges and breaks and like the very tail end of this before we bring back one of the heavier riffs. It's kind of a very interesting sound for the time. We kind of layered distortion and reverb and got this kind of big shining guitar sound that's a pretty predominant in our newer stuff, but it was very unique at the time. We were pretty proud of it.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. I think there's some interesting... Uh, distorted guitar tones on this one um because you know using the delay and reverb like connor said and i really like the beginning um before it gets into this sort of very punky riff and also the last about minute and a half where we go into this solo which is i think kind of cool the whole middle section i feel like we're repeating like two or three riffs for like three or four minutes and it it definitely gets um you know, feels like we're beating you over the head with it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it feel we padded it out a little bit, but the ending's worth it, I think. <laughs> yeah. It, relative to the rest of the album, like I said, keeping the keeping the context in mind, you know, it's it's good. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I think at the time I was very proud of that ending. And even now I think it's definitely one of the better moments on this album
1: yeah it's a it's it's a it's a strong climax which a lot of these songs lack (laughs) right
0: next song we have after heat wave is storm of the century this one is extremely different from the rest of the album because this was actually recorded by just me and my cousin Unmil in florida when i went over to his house um and it's literally a pop punk song like textbook pop punk i i don't know what caused this sudden shift in style <laughs> but uh, Yeah, it's not particularly memorable or that good. I mean, it's literally the most basic pop-punk riffs you can think of, and the production isn't great either. (laughs) The guitar tone sounds pretty weak. You know, it's, it's... I can't say I'm proud of this one, honestly.
1: Yeah, I don't have a ton to say about this one since I wasn't really involved in the writing or recording of it, but just... Listening to it, it it's it like you said, it, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, there was definitely two clashing styles between me and you, and then you and your cousin. And, yeah, it's just like, for pop punk, it's just so average. Like, there's nothing really stand out about it. I don't want to, I don't mean to sound like I'm insulting y'all's songwriting, because it's not like what me and you were doing was much better. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just... Uh, one of the low points on the album for me next to pit of darkness
0: yeah i'd actually agree with that (laughs) um at least like what me and connor were doing was kind of interesting and unique but this was you could probably find you know a hundred other bands that sounded like this
1: To close the album out, we have a bonafide classic. I still love this one to this day. Dreams exist in reality. And this is probably the, um, the highlight, I would say, of the album. My favorite on here. Um, it's, in terms of our songwriting, it's the peak of where we were at here. We kind of utilized everything that we had on the rest of the album. All the pedals, you know, actually trying to plan stuff out and think ahead of what we're about to do. And it was also the only song on the album that had contributions from all three of us, in that uh, Parth's cousin was here at the time uh, with us and helped record it. I was there for about half, maybe a little over half of the session, and then Parth and his cousin finished out the rest of it after I had left. And it's a highlight. There's some things that are wrong with it that I would fix if I could, but it's it's a good song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: much agree with connor I would say it's not only the highlight of this album but of our first three albums I would say this is the best song
1: yeah if you were going to listen to anything off of these three albums I would recommend this song and nothing else really
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh this um yeah it's just a very some pretty unique riffs here that are actually like pretty well written I would say
1: yeah we make uh, creative use of the wah pedal like with the main riff we use the wall pedal in kind of a different way not not using it to like solo but as part of the riff
0: (laughs) the one like glaring blemish on this song is the solo the solo itself is written all right but we put this horrendous like uh i don't know some kind of effect on it it's like a phase
1: that also pans left or right
0: right yeah, yeah yeah and it's just it
1: the, the solo would be better without it.
0: Yeah, it would be a lot better. Yeah, it, a lot
1: better, honestly.
0: I, I believe
1: that part uh, happened after I left. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to say that was Unmill's idea. And I I don't know why it, it doesn't add anything to the solo. It detracts from the solo, actually.
1: It's so loud. It, it would be... You could try to fix it by just lowering the volume of the solo, even with that effect on it, but that's still not really gonna it's not better It should be no. better without it <laughs> yeah
0: but um i think we did a good job of closing out the song after you left the song stays you know pretty engaging and good the whole way through i guess with the exception of, of the solo but i'm i'm i am still proud of this one yeah. i think it holds up pretty well i would
1: say out of all the songs on this album this one holds up the best yeah. by like a long shot
0: like you said i think it was the it's the crowning achievement of that early era of acid
1: yeah it kind of um if you look at it you can see uh some of the seeds of like the post-rock and post-metal ideas in this song kind of deep in there with the building and you know kind of the 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 back and forth between quiet and loud a little bit Right, and we actually managed to close the album. It it feels like the finale of the album, yeah. Which a lot of these songs fe- don't even feel like they really end. So that <laughs> was an accomplishment for us at the time. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm
0: glad it's the closer. It's a good one to go out on. Oh no, <laughs> I don't even want to listen to these songs.
1: This is like the longest one too. No. <laughs> Okay, so, um, we're gonna close the podcast out today talking about, um, an album we did. (laughs) It was, um, around winter 2010 to summer 2011. Uh, we called it Game Over because it probably could have ended our career if that was the last thing we ever released. And it is bad. It is just bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is horrible. I mean, after that, you know, improvement and, and growth we made on As of Yet Unknown, we just threw all that out the window, I guess, because this album's a, a train wreck. I'm not going to lie. When you listen to
1: it, you don't listen to it because it's good. You listen to it to see how we fuck up next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's entertaining
0: how bad it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think both of us would agree that this is probably the least favorite album of all time, maybe. But definitely out of these first three, this one is to be avoided. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. It's like a half and half album. Half of it was me and Parth um, unlearning how to write music. <laughs> uh, and then the other half was Parth and his cousin Unmil. And the songwriting is not bad, per se, but um, I'll let Parth explain. Um, you just go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the half of the album that me and Unmil did, I decided for some reason I would add singing on it. My own vocals.
1: Golden pipes.
0: Yeah. Um, having never sung anything before, no like professional training or anything. Um, I, I wrote all these lyrics myself too those they're not well written either um, I, I really didn't know what i was thinking i think i just wanted to sing i legitimately thought i sounded good at the time but looking back on it now over the years it, it's horrible i i can't stand listening to it really and that i would say that alone just destroys this album there's other problems with it, but that just tanked this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll get into the track by track and uh, kind of talk about, like, who did what. Like, which which half is which half, so to say. Yeah. But it's not like a half and half in the sense that tracks one to six are me and you, and tracks seven to twelve are you and Unmill. It's like mixed up. Yeah. So you can't escape Parse's glorious voice. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get like a one song break, and that one song is a train wreck of poor production <laughs> and poorly written death metal-esque riffs that we can barely play.
0: <laughs> right. I, yeah, I just... It it physically hurts me to listen to this album now. Yeah, it's painful.
1: And the album art is... No offense to your cousin, but it's
0: bad. <laughs> Yeah, I know it is bad. <laughs> it's pretty goofy.
1: Yeah, it's the only album art he's ever done for us and um it's just kind of goofy like you said. It's got like Nintendo characters on the front with like crosshairs over them. Yeah, it's like got, like Mario shot. and
0: Luigi. Yeah. In crosshairs.
1: And yeah, it just says game over and I mean, we couldn't use it. Nintendo would sue the hell out of us if we put that anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's a fitting uh, cover for this album. The worst cover for the worst album.
1: That does make sense. Now, while we're shitting on Unmil, would you like to plug his (laughs) band that is actually good?
0: (coughs) Oh, sure. So my cousin Unmil does have like a kind of a professional band now uh, called Madwoman. So if you want to check them out, you can find them on Spotify. I think you can find them on YouTube. They're pretty good.
1: They're doing good stuff. They don't sound like we used to.
0: No. They're more of like a folk rock, almost sort of a Red Hot Chili Peppers vibe at some points type of band. Much softer than than us. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but if you want to hear some good stuff Unmil has done, wait for some of our later albums that we're going to talk about. Or go check that out. Yeah. I don't want to just trash talk him. (laughs)
0: Yeah. There you go. That's a plug for Unmil.
1: Yeah, there you go. I guess... We've done enough stalling. We gotta hop into the track by track, and so um, awesome. My favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> so to start the track list off, uh, we got a, a real banger called "Darkest Hour," clocking in at two minutes and twenty eight seconds. This is a Parth and Connor original. Uh, Unmil wasn't involved with this one. Uh, all the lyrics here, uh, we'll go ahead and make a point to say Parth did write himself. Which is impressive in its own right. There was a lot of lyrics, even if they're not particularly well written. That was a lot of work. It was. And this is also when we made the switch from MP3 player recording to recording with Audacity on an ancient laptop that Parth had. And uh, that probably has a lot to do with why this sounds the way it does, because we had no idea how to record with Audacity. (laughs) We just plugged up and hit the button and started playing all the instruments at once.
0: Yes, we did
1: and uh this one darkest hour kicking us off has some uh some weak riffing uh it's got like a breakdown which we fell in love with around this time because we started listening to a lot of metalcore yeah yeah. and so you'll find the breakdown not not too much on this album but going forward you're gonna find a lot of breakdowns oh for, for for a good time you're gonna find a lot of them and yeah this has me doing some vocals dollar tree chris barnes (laughs)
0: no not a great start to the album all the riffs are very uh sound very muddy the vocals you can't really decipher very well they're very low
1: in the mix and it's already a growl it's not like a high register like scream or anything right it just kind of blends together with the guitar (laughs) yeah and the bass
0: and uh the drums we recorded from a keyboard like a preset on a keyboard so they sound pr- pretty bad
1: yeah this album uh for the songs me and parth did we did the keyboard drums when they show up not every song has them yeah that we did but uh we still haven't got a, a drum pad that would be our next big investment but yeah the drums on this sound bad the mix is bad the guitar tones nothing to write oh, home about. Uh,
0: this man. isn't a good one yeah
1: nice. i mean if this doesn't indicate what the rest of this album is going to be like i don't know what will
0: so the next song we have is our first part the original called rust robust underground steel towers what a name uh so yeah this is the beginning of my singing i am singing on this song and it's not good <laughs> i just i can't sing and i sound i don't sound mature yet because i i was like 16 yeah when we recorded this you got a very nasally singing voice at I this do, point <laughs> i do <laughs> clearly sound pretty young
1: yeah and none of the melodies are particularly crazy or anything you don't you're not stretching your voice <laughs> <laughs>
0: right right it's not like super well-written vocal melodies or anything
1: yeah it's just very basic and it's <laughs> a 16-year-old dude singing it <laughs>
0: yeah and the songwriting itself is okay um it's a lot more hard rocky than our other
1: stuff. There's some some riffing, but nothing super heavy. But more more riffing than a lot of our like more punky stuff.
0: Right, you can really start to hear like the metal influence start to come in at this point. And yeah, none of these are riffs are like anything to write home about. But it would have been so much better with, just as an instrumental, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I wish we had the masters for these. Because these wouldn't be bad as instrumentals. Yeah. But, yeah. Would you like to try to explain that name? Or do you have an explanation for it?
0: (laughs) Um, for some reason I liked Rust as a title. But then I wanted to come up with like an acronym for it. So I literally pick like random words (laughs) for each letter. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) So. One thing that is kind of interesting
1: is we started using a lot more clean guitar, at least on these songs you and Unmill did. Which clean guitar becomes very prominent the further down the road we're gonna go.
0: That is true, we did. Um, and yeah, these days it's actually a pretty major part of our sound. So, coming up after uh, robust underground steel towers, we have Under a
1: Psychedelic Sky, which was a mine and part original, and arguably out of the ones that me and you did has the best riffs it's it's better than darkest hour oh yeah (laughs) but after we got done recording this um i remember i was proud of my riffs because i played guitar on this one i was proud of some of the heavier stuff and there's a solo that i remember being like yeah i really like that solo i was proud of that And then I came back the next time to record some more music and we listened to Under a Psychedelic Sky and it had Parth singing on it. And the last time I was here, it didn't. And, um,
0: he killed it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I went back and added vocals on this song afterwards without telling Connor. And I was just like, hey, the, uh, the song has vocals now, by the way. So... He didn't save a copy of the song without the
1: vocals. Yeah. So um, we'll this never is the only w- that version.
0: Yeah, this is the only
1: one that exists. And um,
0: yeah. Yeah. This is this is worse than the last song. I, I'm really like straining my voice here, I guess, to sound angry uh and like i don't know the aggressive it just doesn't work at all
1: yeah it doesn't really um <laughs> it doesn't sound the way i think it sounded to you when you did it <laughs> yeah no <laughs> but yeah i like some of the riffs this is kind of like you said this is where like the heavier stuff started to come in there's a lot of fast picking in yeah. these riffs even if they're still not played particularly well right but the, the songwriting like is still developing but it's coming along like, it's got kind of the songwriting you would expect from me and Parth at this point, based off the first two albums. Just a little heavier.
0: hmm The verse riff in this song actually it was quite kind of complicated. Even now, I, you know, it's not like an easy riff to play even now, I would say. So, the next song we have is called Mass Destruction, and this was a Parth and Connor original. This one is okay by this album standards. The riffs are fine. Uh, This has vocals from Connor, but you can't really hear them.
1: Yeah, they're very low in the mix. Almost inaudible. You can't can't make any words out.
0: And this one actually has drums. I went back and added uh, keyboard drums later. So it's not really an improvement to this song. I don't think it, like, elevates the song, but they're there. Yeah,
1: they're there. It gives it a little extra energy. There's some, like, tom rolls that we do that you did behind some of the riffs yeah it's it, it was something we hadn't done before but I wouldn't say that we did it well <laughs> <laughs> right
0: <laughs> and then at the end we have this breakdown which uh, becomes pretty prominent in, in our work as we keep going
1: yeah the metal core <laughs> years of acid will see lots of breakdowns yeah Yeah, Mass Destruction, it's it's okay. Yeah. At least you can listen to it.
0: You can do a lot worse on this album.
1: Yes, much, much worse. <laughs> All right, so uh, coming up after Mass Destruction, we got a song called Escape, which is, again, okay. It's it's about on, on par with Mass Destruction. The vocals are, are provided by me again, doing the growling, except they're much louder in the mix. It's no very noticeable, and they're not great. <laughs> Uh, still was Lauren orkin on that whole vocals thing. <laughs> that was not nearly where they are, where they're at now. But uh, the riffs are okay. There's one really catchy riff at the end that I remember being really proud of. That's kind of kind like a southern swing to it that I really liked. And uh, another interesting note is that there's an extended guitar solo that we actually half and halfed, where Parth recorded the first half and I recorded the second half.
0: Yeah, I agree. This one is okay. Uh, I also like that little riff at the end with that like southern (laughs) flair. Yeah. the solo that was kind of cool how we split it up i thought this was actually a first song we recorded after i got a new guitar a full-size guitar because up until this point we've still been using my mini strat that i'd had since i was like 10 (laughs) so i finally got a an adult guitar (laughs) um
1: sponsor us ibanez yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I would say this is about on par with Mass Destruction. I'd probably put it slightly higher. So next up on this roller coaster, we have Hallucinations, which is another part than Unmil original. Instrumentally, I think this is actually one of the better ones me and Unmil did. This actually has some, you know, decent riffs. And the first solo I have in this song, I still think is actually like, a good solo, if I'm being honest. But again, I added vocals to this, so it's not a good song.
1: Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's 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 a a top tier instrumental. It, yeah, it it turns it into a a bottom tier song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Plus, uh, the last like two minutes of this song is like this extended guitar solo, which just goes on for way too long we really should have just not included that
1: yeah shortened it considerably it comes out to five minutes and 40 seconds which is about two minutes too long
0: (laughs) yeah on this one it's like
1: i said as far as instrumentals go it's one of the better ones that you and him did i like it i like the riffs and stuff but yeah i just wish we had the <laughs> instrumental version <laughs> some of those vocals and the lyrics it's just it's too much parth
0: it's yeah too much <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> yeah.
1: following up hallucinations we have another parthenon mill original the elite rain and um this one has um some lyrics that parth wrote and they are lyrics let me tell you instrumentally it's not bad there's some chunkier riffs than what like the rest of the stuff we're doing so like i said that metal influence coming out a little more but it's just every time you're into the song you come at us with the, <laughs> with the vocals and it just takes you right back out of it
0: <laughs> yeah i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> there are really some like, actually really decent riffs here and songwriting isn't like isn't too bad really but these vocals are really, like insufferable i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i mean the lyrics too oh man i was trying to write some kind of like political protest song i think with this one and
1: it's got some like woke war lyrics <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <All> about vietnam <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it it's horrible, uh, as as you would expect. So, uh, the next song we have is yet another Parthen Unmil original called "The Return," and with this one, I think we were trying to go with a tenacious D style song with uh humorous lyrics, what what I thought were humorous lyrics, and you know just kind of a goofy sort of vibe. <laughs> Yeah, it's got, like, like the hard rock
1: riffs, like, the off, all off that Tenacious D album from the Pick of Destiny, like, the album that went with the movie. It sounds like that music. Yeah. It's just not a particularly good version of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I actually remember being into Tenacious D at this point and, like, watching that movie while we were recording this album. So, I think I got inspired, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's, um again i mean there's some
1: riffs there none of them (laughs) stuck out really but there's nothing offensively bad about the instrumental
0: and of course you have my vocals and
1: wonderful lyrics (laughs) yeah the highlight of the album comes in this song though when parth parth um hits his highest register that he possibly can (laughs) and it is a piece of art it's amazing (laughs)
0: Gordon. I'm surprised I was able to go that high. It's come out of nowhere, it's, it's hilarious. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, and uh, with that,
1: I do not think we will be returning to The Return. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're getting close to the end, finally. Uh, number nine is You. Y-O-U. Another Parthenon Mill original. Featuring lyrics by Parth. Singing by Parth. And the unfortunate thing about this song is there's a long guitar line in the intro that I think is kind of cool, actually. And um, it kind of just goes to waste. <laughs> because the rest of the song is um, like every other song we've talked about, basically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, this has some more awful singing by me. It's sur- no surprise. Um, but, man, these vocals are very cringy man <laughs> um this if i had to pick this is probably my least favorite on the album mostly because of like the vocals and the lyrics and the riffs are the riffs really aren't anything that special either i don't think yeah uh, other than the one riff connor mentioned which is kind of interesting and very uh elongated
1: yeah <laughs> like a, a very long um Non-distorted, but very aggressively picked riff.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's very kind of odd for the time for us. Right. And the rest of the song doesn't do anything with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Is there a person that the "you" is in the song title?
0: No. <laughs> I have no idea what inspired these lyrics. I think I just made something up, honestly. That sounded kind of deep, but it's, it's not uh <laughs> <laughs> guys listening back to this for me (laughs) yeah this is
1: you is probably the worst the
0: worst the worst yeah it's the bottom uh the low point of like the worst album we have yeah it's only
1: uphill from here really yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's not like the songs me and you did were any better
0: (laughs) yeah they weren't really much better But yeah, this
1: is the absolute bottom of the acid discography.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Somehow we managed to make our worst album three albums in. I don't know how that happened.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. We just fell apart during this album, I guess. I don't know why. But we only got
0: one lift. All right, guys. We've made it to the end of Game Over. With the last track, which is the title track called Game Over. And, um, this one's an instrumental. That is a Parthen Connor original. And it's okay. Honestly, there isn't anything offensively bad about this one. Don't worry, I'm not singing. Yeah,
1: no singing. (laughs) Thank God. We were really proud of this one back in the day because we managed to pad it out to the 8 minute and 47 second mark. Which was the longest song we'd ever recorded at that point, but it's um it's it's being very generous to call the last 4 minutes a song it's it's an extended dueling guitar solo between me and parth with no other part of the instrumental and you can even hear us like talking to each other sometimes and um it's just very lazily done kind of slapped on the end <laughs> to make the song long
0: it is um i think the song probably would have been better just without that part i i think it's unnecessary and there's definitely some timing issues in this song at the beginning where we were just off time.
1: Yeah, it feels like when we recorded the guitar parts, we were off time without realizing it. And then when we went, we went back to add keyboard drums and it was really hard to get them on time because the guitar <laughs> parts weren't on time. So it just kind of sounds a bit jumbled and messy.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, but it does pick up a little bit with this. Honestly, kind of cool, like distorted riff about two and a half minutes in or so.
1: Pretty landmark moment in that we used the rain sample at the beginning with the lightning and everything to set like a mood and an atmosphere, which is a staple of our newer music. Right. But this was the first time we ever did it. And again, it's kind of lazily done. We just kind of slapped it on there, and then the guitar comes in and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's there. It's the first time.
0: Yeah, I think that rain sample was from the keyboard too.
1: Yeah, it was. (laughs) We recorded it straight off the keyboard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the close of the album. Yeah, with that
0: song, this train wreck comes to a close. <laughs>
1: finally. And uh, I think that's going to bring us pretty much to the end of this episode.
0: Yeah. Did we, you want to talk about like your favorite track from each of these?
1: Uh, from each one, instrumental demos, I would probably say Zombies from the Sky is my favorite I wouldn't listen to any of these on their own, not even ZFTS. But as a song, it's the most well-written, and it's listenable. There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's the high point of the album by a mile. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah, I would agree with Zombies from the Sky. Uh, It's listenable. The most competent, I guess, from that one. Then moving on to uh, As of Yet
1: Unknown... um, I would say my favorite is probably Dreams Exist in Reality. I think we really were on to something with that one. It's just a good, good, it's well-written, good song. But uh, I have to give a shout-out to Infinity Dimension as a number two close runner-up. I got a soft spot in my heart because it's so weird for us, and I love experimental music. And it was probably the most experimental we got for a long time. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would agree with "Dreams Exist in Reality" as my favorite for sure. It's uh, like I said, you know, the best work we've done out of that early era. Um, I'll give a shout out to a song, uh, just because I've always been a big fan of that one because of all the riffs and uh, you know that that solo at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and last. But not least, we have Game
1: Over. And, um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't particularly like any of these songs. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe, um, uh, Under a Psychedelic Sky might be my favorite instrumental. Mm. But, I mean, I don't like any of the songs we did particularly. (laughs) And the good stuff about the songs you and Unmill did, it's not worth listening to the vocals
0: (laughs) for it right (laughs) i mean i don't like any of these songs either but if i had to pick i guess i would pick the title track game over because the production on is actually like bearable and there's no vocals for me and there's nothing like offensively bad about it so i'll just go with that one
1: all right well
0: some good picks no yeah. one else has ever
1: heard this music, so they'll nope. know exactly what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think that's going to bring us to the end of our uh, first episode of the As Of Yet Unnamed podcast. Um, this is going to bring to a close uh, kind of what I like to call the uh, early acid era, where we were still figuring out what we were doing and what our sound was going to be. These albums are all over the place in terms of exp- like p- playing prowess some songs we knew what we were doing and then three songs later we just throw all that out the window and have no idea how to play our instruments again the production's terrible (laughs) we didn't know how to record we were experimenting with singing and that didn't work so yeah this is just a big jumbled mess of us throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and next episode hopefully we'll get into some better acid music some stuff you can actually sit down and listen to if you wanted to
0: right yeah this uh, early batch of albums is just extremely unfocused and not competent <laughs> uh, but things only get better from here
1: yeah so. we're at the bottom of the hill it only goes <laughs> up from here generally there's no more back down really from here yeah. yeah yeah but thank you all for listening and uh y'all enjoy the rest of your january
0: yeah thank you guys we'll catch you next time